0: Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it. Chris. Let him have it. Chris, button, switch, for everything. You're listening to Aerial View on WFMU eStorage and worldwide on the internet at WFMU.org. No tricks, not Chris. Yeah, Terrible's gonna happen. So, how y'all doing, all right? How much you give me for this? Come on, you no better than that. How y'all doing, all right? This is a of i heard his voice on the tape and it really put the hook in me. I've many, many times. I'm a white call And the Anybody host Somebody, stayed nice in New Jersey that I'm here in New York? Chris, let's this. talk. I'm sick of talking! Stop. 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 You can hurry. I know how to talk to people. Might have this man go on the air and deliver a coded message. You're out of your mind. I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on. Now we're going to listen to what he said on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time against a man's life. I don't see that as any argument. I can see you're really upset about it. your head I know that guy. But we're young and bored. Yeah, he's a nihilist. And I'll smash your face for you, y'all you stop, that. Ah. Stop it. Shut up. Conversation is a two-way street. I'm okay. Get the f*** out. I'm gonna up here. I don't get your W. I don't get your act at all. Yeah. And I don't think you do either. Yeah. I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. You stupid i heard it over the radio real stupid i'm not just talking about one person i'm talking about everybody i'm talking about form i'm talking about content i'm talking about interrelationships i'm talking about god the devil hell heaven do you understand finally you will not take me over the air for now or for any other speechless time i'll take my voice wherever i please i'm a famous radio personality now well, most people today couldn't care less about the radio personality He's always talking about some radio star that I never heard of. You don't like my stories. You don't have to listen to my program. Listen to the radio. Find out what's going on. Listen to the talk shows, and you will find out what's going on. Oh, radio. Yes, yeah, talk radio. Yeah, talk radio. It's so boring. man. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. okay. The car just went in suicide. Shot, I have an idea now. First name, Mr. First name, Mr. First name. I just help this man realize that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Show the man your power, big. Blast him. Give him some of that tone. It's showtime. Don't <laughs> you smile while make kiss for this. One? Good evening. Ladies and gentlemen on the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Hey, it's me, Chris T, back with another Aerial View Podiatry cast. This one just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So I wanted to spend a moment and say what I was thankful about before I tell you what you'll hear on this Aerial View. First and foremost, I am thankful for my wife of low these many years. Let me see. It's not that I don't remember how many years it is. It's that I'm terrible at simple arithmetic. We got married in 2007. So that means we just had our 8th anniversary, if I'm correct, right? And we met in October of 2005. So that means we've known each other 10 years. And I honestly don't know where I would be without her. And... um, I don't know what kind of shape I would be in. I don't need, I don't know if I would be above ground I'll be honest with you I, I don't know if by now I would have figured out a way to destroy myself but I know other people can't save your life that's not how it works you know I spent a lot of years looking for somebody to save my life and uh, that's a that's just not gonna happen you know you have to save your own life and it's not like you could live for another person or they can live for you. We all just have to live for ourselves and then we have to hope and pray that we find somebody who can provide us with some companionship through this journey, on this journey. And I have to say that I've heard for a long time that Freud, none other than Sigmund Freud, kept these figures of porcupines on his desk. And they represented how fraught human relationships are. Because porcupines, when they get near to each other, they hurt each other. And then when they move apart, they get cold and lonely. This is something I've come to believe about us too. we We're a social species. We need each other. We want to be around each other. Uh, and and when, you, when you go off by yourself, you lose your fucking mind. I know people who have done that. And people who have isolated themselves and then just descended into some form of madness. And I don't ever want to be one of those people. I, I, I want to remain social throughout my years. I want to stay in touch with my friends. I want to stay in touch with Aerial View listeners. Drop me a line, ct at wfmu.org. You could sign up for the newsletter there as well. And you can find me online at aerialview.me. And there's also the Facebook group, See You Next Tuesday. Um, I was talking about things I'm thankful for, and I mentioned my wife. I I am thankful for my wife. And uh, getting through something like I'm getting through now with my foot would have been impossible, I think, on my own. I I don't know. Uh, Thankfully, I didn't have to find out. But in terms of the foot, in case you were wondering how, how things are, Things are good with the foot. I am on target with my recovery. The podiatrist likes what he sees, and he will be a guest on this program in future weeks. By the way, I hope to have that happen before the end of the year that my podiatrist comes on and talks about exactly what he did to me. Um, I've started putting weight on the foot a little bit more each day, and that'll be the next couple of weeks, couple of two or three weeks, and then some physical Rehab, and hopefully come New Year's Eve, I'll be walking like somewhat somewhat like a normal person again. I I don't know. We're all taking this, pun intended, one step at a time here in my household. Let me see what else I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for our cats, Roger and Violet. Roger and Violet bring a great deal of joy to my life. I'm only going to speak for myself here. I'm sure my wife would say the same thing, but they bring a great deal of joy. Uh, they bring a lot of, uh, they're also pains in the ass. They can be, uh, for various reasons. Uh, Violet's got a little thyroid thing going on. She's always hungry. And, you know, uh, she tends to be the one that is, uh, like, don't touch me. <laughs> She's kind of like that. Roger, on the other hand, just wants to be petted all the time. He wants to jump into my lap all the time. He's, we bonded. We bonded early. And and now uh, I could be working in here. Right now the door is closed. Otherwise, I wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't have been able to talk as long as I've been talking. With the door open, he would have come in here by now and he would have cried to be picked up and petted. And then I would have had to sat there with him for 10 minutes. And But, you know, I'm still thankful. I'm, I'm thankful any time another species wants to interact with me. I find it fascinating that there is this other life form entirely and it's walking around here somewhere. Well, right now he's laying on the porch is what he's doing in his favorite chair. And uh, hopefully he won't come up here for a little while, but the the idea that you can interact with this other life form entirely, I find uh, fascinating on on so many levels. And Roger uh, is very affectionate, got a great purr, you know, uh on a cold night climbing and keep you company and keep you nice and warm, uh, and that's I, I enjoy that. I'm very thankful that we found Violet and Roger. I'm thankful as well that, other than my foot, my health is pretty good. Uh, I, I have no health concerns. Other people I know, uh, they they have issues that they're dealing with, whether it's uh, you know problems with their hips or problems with their backs or problem with their heart or you name it, and I, once you get up in age, once you get over fifty, yeah, that's what you're gonna start hearing. I I, pr- I promise I'll never do that to you. I mean, except for this foot thing, that, this is the the, the exception. I, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about my health, but I will say I'm thankful that my health is good. Let's see, what else am I thankful for? I'm thankful that it hasn't snowed just yet. I know the snow is coming, and I'm tired of it. Uh, I really could, <laughs> I could do. I could do uh, with a winter without snow. I could I could handle that. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, but it would be it would be something because I know that as soon as I start walking again, I'm going to be walking in snow and ice. That that much I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I uh, that I'm employed, that I have a job, and that uh, I you know the job is going well and. Things are good there, and I don't have to worry about... Well, I guess we all have to worry. At any point, we all could not have jobs, right? The economy could take a downturn. Who knows? I'm not going to sit here. But I I am thankful that as of right now, I have a job. Uh, Other things that I'm thankful for... I'm thankful for... Uh, my family definitely thankful for my brother and sister who remain above ground and my sister's family uh her kids and her grandchild i'm thankful for them and i'm glad that they're uh, all still in the picture in one form or another even if i don't talk to them all that often uh that would be a thing to think about for 2016 wouldn't it Uh, being in steadier contact Um, I'm thankful for my wife's side of the family, for my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and my nephew-in-law. And am I leaving anybody out? If I am, I apologize. But it's nice to have family. I, over the years, have been guilty of not appreciating it as much as I probably should. So let me be thankful while I can. I, I was keeping, by the way, a thank bank... Uh, And I think I actually see it. So let me just grab it. I didn't know it was uh, in here with me. And as it turns out, it's sitting right over here. So uh, uh, this was a gift years ago at Christmas time or some damn time. It's this uh, handmade leather-bound journal, and I decided it was going to be my thank bank. And so let me just see. Um... This says Saturday, November 30th, 2013. I I stopped writing in my thank bank. I feel horrible admitting that. But let me read what I did write, because uh, there's not a lot of entries in here. Um, I'm thankful for the salmon dinner my wife made. This says Saturday, November 30th, 2013. I'm thankful for the salmon dinner my wife made. I'm especially thankful for my wife. We had a bit of an argument today, but she came and apologized when I try to and, and when I try and contemplate life without her, it just seems cold and lonely. Isn't that what I just said? Look at that. Uh, now we flash forward to uh, December second. Uh, this has nothing to do with being thankful. Oh, it's about the boiler incident. I'm thankful that my wife kept her head and kept calming me down while I was while I proceeded to lose my shit. There you go. Um, let's see. I'm thankful that's not right. What? I'm thankful that my boss believes me when I need the day off. Interesting. I'm thankful I got out of the city before the tree lighting madness. I'm also... Okay, there we go. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful... This is the worst thank bank ever. Wow, it's really just me complaining and turning Turning it into some kind of thanks. I... (laughs) All right, here here's something I'm thankful for, my friends. It says here, "Thanks, Jim, for being a true friend all these years. Jim is someone I could really talk with. No agenda, just conversation." And thanks to all of my friends, even the ones who aren't named Jim. Thank you for being a f- yes, I said it, for being a friend. Here I thank the plumbers. What the fuck? Thankful to wake up to a warm home. Oh, that's good. yeah. Thanks that uh, we could keep the heat turned on. Uh, this one says I'm thankful for my shrink. Oh my god. Uh, a little bit of thankful for to be out of the car. Okay, that's at the end of a long journey. Thankful this year is over. Oh my god. And then, all right. This one. Let's see. Uh, uh, all right oh yeah okay here let me read this one this is from uh january 18th 2014 125 a.m i am grateful for everything i am grateful for nothing i look around at my house at my i think that says marriage at all i've achieved and wonder how i did it my life is charmed in too many ways to count and cursed in others like most people, I suppose, well, two pages stuck together here, right? I suppose, how, wait a minute, to conquer fear. That is my resolution in 2014. I'm so tired of being afraid. Afraid of what? What have you got? Afraid for my health, afraid of losing my job, afraid of being afraid. Worried that I'm not a good husband. Worried that I'm not a good person. Wondering when it will all come crashing down. Shouldn't I say, quote, if, unquote, and not when? I don't want to lose anything I've fought so hard for, but I also don't want to spend my life worried it will all go away. Hmm. (sighs) (laughs) And then there's a few more entries. Let me see. How long did I go? There's one from... January 22nd, here's an entry from February 9th something about being thankful thankful that we have a garage Eh. Mm. I'm thankful we have heat and power, again I'm thankful for utilities, that's great thankful for the warmer temperatures today and then there's a huge gap of three months and I claim that I'm turning this thank bank into a thought book and I'm just going to write down my thoughts and then I, that's it that was January, February, March, May of 2014 was the last entry. There you go. Oh, my God. Okay, so I, uh, I, I'm I going to try to start writing in my thank bank again. This is not a resolution. I don't really believe in those, uh, but I, I will try to write more in my goddamn thank bank, which is not a thought book, not at all thought book. This is Chris T. on Aerial View, and... The other thing that I'm thankful for is for you, dear listener, whoever you are, wherever you are, I just need to hear from you. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're enjoying it, if you like what's going on here, please let me know in some form. I, you know, I hate those surveys that they make you take after you've bought something online or in person, or how people want feedback all the time. Fuck you. I paid you. That's my feedback. I'm not giving you any more feedback I just bought shit from you so fuck you you don't deserve any more of my time but you and I we have a different relationship and, and I do need some feedback from you I need to hear from you and I need for you to let me know that I should continue doing this because it, it this podcasting thing occurs in a in a black hole it happens in a vacuum I, I don't know when you're listening to it I don't know if you're listening to it I don't know if anybody cares. And I need to know. Uh, as Tom Petty once sang, I need to know. I need to know if you're listening to this and if you care about it and if I should continue doing it. And you could do that any number of ways. You can go to the play- playlist at aerialview.me for this show, and you could leave comments. I leave the comments open for a good long time, so you can comment on the show whenever you've heard it. You could drop me a line at ct at WFMU.org send me an email you could also use that address to request the newsletter see you next Tuesday and you'll get on the mailing list you can also go to the Facebook group which is called see you next Tuesday and leave commentary there uh, any way you do it I would like to hear from you and I'd like to know what you think because uh, I, need, I need some kind of word I need a word. Just a word from you. Having said that, let me wrap up my thoughts and tell you what else is going to be part of this particular aerial view. Uh, My thoughts on being thankful. I think you should be thankful. You should be thankful for the things in your life that uh, you fought hard for and the things in your life that make your life better. Uh, They say if you're Talking about some kind of Buddhist approach for life, you should be thankful even for the things that are challenging you, even for the hurdles that you find yourself having to hurdle. And you should be thankful for those people in your life who are a massive pain in your ass because somehow those people make your life, make you God, I don't know what. I never went and studied. I, I thought about it. Believe me, I had fantasies of, uh, like, running away. There was this place up near Woodstock. I was going to go some kind of Zen monastery, and I was going to wear the saffron robes and all that fucking shit. And I was going to learn all about, you know, the, the Zen approach to life and the side, this idea of... Uh, the obstacles that are put in your way are, are like an irritant inside of an oyster they create the the pearl that is you or some such horseshit that I haven't entirely sold myself on but um, I, I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of things but not the assholes in my life I wish they would go away frankly I, I could do without them I'm not thankful for them someday maybe now no <laughs> that's up right now uh, I'm thankful that on, on Thursday, just a couple of days from now, on Thanksgiving, I'll get to eat some turkey with the trimmings, and uh, I've, it's always one of my favorite meals of the year. I don't eat turkey all that Well, I eat turkey sometimes, but not all that often, and I'm looking forward to that, so I'm thankful for that. And wherever you are, whoever you're spending Thanksgiving with, uh, at some point, turn to them and... And say to them these important words that I think will make everybody feel better. Say to them, could you please pass the gravy? Say that to them. They'll be thankful because they don't want to have that much gravy. And you'll be thankful because you haven't had any gravy. So let's all be thankful together. Here's what else you're going to hear on this aerial view. Uh, I managed to find some audio from God knows when. I mean, this is 10 years old or older of me driving up to see one of the aforementioned gyms and then we were going to drive out to Long Island together for Thanksgiving. So this would have been one of the last Thanksgivings I, I spent out with my mother and my family on Long Island. There's some audio of that as well. And uh, there is also this fascinating portion from an old communication breakdown show. That was the podcast That I did prior to Aerial View becoming a podcast. It was called Communication Breakdown, and it went from being a podcast to being an actual live morning show. And on one of the morning shows that I did back in, uh, I think, I want to say October of 2005, I was talking about the woman who now is my wife. I was talking about uh, taking her out on our first date and what a a near disaster that was. And I'm going to include that because you probably never heard it. I don't know if you ever listened to Communication Breakdown. I was very proud of it, by the way. And uh, in, in this week's newsletter, I'll include a link to where you can find the Communication Breakdown archives on the WFMU website. But you could also just go to the homepage of WFMU, and in the search box, you type in, communication breakdown and you'll find the archives for that podcast and later live web-only morning show and it was interesting to do a live web-only morning show because i was on at like eight o'clock at night in tokyo and i would ask for skype calls and people would call in skype in all the way from tokyo it's fascinating And uh, I've used that word far too often. But it is my hope. I began saying this earlier. It is my hope that in the next few weeks, I will figure out how to Skype once again. I will figure out how to be live and how to give out either a phone number or a Skype address so that you can contact me here and that we can talk. Because that was always one of my favorite parts of the show. But Right now, let me remind you again, you could find me online at aerialview.me. You can uh, request the newsletter at ct.wfmu.org. And you can check out the Facebook group. See you next Tuesday on Facebook. Here is uh, some old audio of me taking a drive on Thanksgiving Day. I want to say 2005 or 2006. And then uh, listen for a portion from a live Communication breakdown show of me talking about my first date with the woman who is now my wife. Thanks for listening. Later start that I wanted to get. I want to be out of here by 10 a.m. It's 1022. I'm and uh, I'm, I'm just getting on the road the now. And uh, first stop is Jim's up in Tuckahoe. I'm gonna go up to Tuckahoe, meet up with Jim, and then uh, we're gonna drive together to Long Island I'm gonna get my sunglasses Even though seemed a lot noisier than usual. Maybe not a lot, but noisier. Yeah, even though it's not sunny, it's very white out here sky is like this color of milk, you know? Fucking depressing. These are brand new windshield wipers. What's the deal? I think I might need a new windshield. Maybe that's the problem. So the plan is to head up to Jim's and on the way, uh, I'm going to stop by the Hess station, see if they're open and if I can get some diesel. I highly doubt it that they'll be open. But you never know. They move a lot of gasoline on Thanksgiving. So I'm leaving Hoboken via whatever the fuck street this is. It's 9th Street. And then I generally make my left over here on Clinton Street. I don't think it's named after Bill Clinton. I could be wrong. Traffic appears to be light, but I'm sure once I hit the... uh, the larger roadways, it'll start to bog down. Yesterday was a real big travel day, but everybody who didn't travel yesterday is going to be traveling today, and I think that will be a significant number of people. You're listening to, uh, Thanksgiving on Communication Breakdown with me, Chris T., headed north, headed towards Tuckahoe for a holiday, uh, out at my mother's house on Long Island with my two brothers, and I am not looking forward to it, not in the slightest. Um, my one brother's in really bad shape. Apparently, he needed a wheelchair when he got off of the plane. He's hobbled with some kind of back injury. He's walking with a cane. He's going to probably be in a hard mood because his life hasn't worked out. And my other brother, oh, God. I'll just have to listen to all the shit he bought since last time I saw him. You should see this thing I got for my boat. Oh, Jesus Christ almighty. How come I'm the only one with my headlights on? Maybe they're totally unnecessary. Let's go with the parking lights. I'm, I'm glad of one thing. I'm glad it's not raining. I guess the rain came earlier. Who knows if it'll come back. I wouldn't doubt it if it did. So I'm taking the back way out of Hoboken. Well, there, there aren't too many other ways to go, I guess. That's the problem. One of the problems with Hoboken is that there's a limited number of escape routes because to the east is the Hudson River and to the west is the Palisades. So you've only got north and south that you could use as exit routes. And it's totally fucked up the number of roads that actually leave the city. And traffic will bog down on these roads, even on normal kind of days. This is a... it's a cold day. It's... I think it's, you know in the low 40s if i would had to guess i can see my breath when i talk so it's cold enough i suppose let's see who's on fmu <laughs> Kind of got a Metallica thing going on there. I don't know what the hell that is, though. All right, here I go. I'm about to try the Hess station. Uh, I'd like to fill this thing up before I leave New Jersey because it's cheaper here, and I don't have to pump it myself. It's probably more of the latter than the former. Oh, it looks like the Hess station is open. I see cars in there. But will I be able to get to the diesel pump? That's always the problem because there's... There's just one diesel pump and they've buried it in the middle of this aisle instead of putting it off on its own somewhere like a lot of gas stations will do. The bright people at Hess have decided to stick the diesel pump between two gas pumps and you can never get to the diesel pump because this is a high volume gas station. Fill it up with diesel. (sighs) This guy's parked right near a fire hydrant. God forbid this fucking Hess station started burning down. (sighs) Well, maybe they would just grab his SUV and push it out of the way. That's what I would do. I pushed into traffic. That's what you get for parking near a fire hydrant, you stupid bastard. In front of a gas station. That's fucking brazen. That's all I can say. I'm not making very good progress on this fucking boulevard east. I got stuck behind some slow moving fucking minivan. I swear to God, this guy had about six or seven cars piled up behind him. Because I don't think he was doing better than 15, 20 miles an hour with this fucking minivan. And there is just a profusion of red lights on this, uh, uh, you know, traffic lights on this Boulevard East because of all the pedestrian traffic. You got people crossing the road constantly to get to the riverside. I always liked Boulevard East, though. There's just something about it. It's, it's You know, it's the view, it's the river. Some of the buildings are as ugly as shit, but then there's some really nice little houses and stuff. I'm going to be making this right down here, heading towards the new road that they put in. When I first started coming to New Jersey, that road wasn't there. When I first lived in Tenafly, and I would go back and forth between... Fly and Hoboken, go down to Maxwell's or go down to see friends who live down there. Go down there to eat. There was another road entirely. It's the old road. It's still over here somewhere. I don't know what they've done with it. And they put in this big fancy new road so you can get to your uh, strip malls and your condos. Your luxury condos with the breathtaking river views. This is the old road I'm on now. It's just they've repaved it. See, this is a portion of the road that you used to take. It's just a single lane road in either direction. And it runs all the way up to the George Washington Bridge and then beyond. You can actually take it even further than that. I got an eager beaver on my left over here. This guy's looking to make up for lost time so he's really been crawling up my ass everybody's a fucking Yankees fan oh he's got a big old American flag on the back of his Explorer I am an Explorer I am not just a commuter or a suburbanite I am an explorer. Oh, look at all this shit they're putting in over here. Oh, they just keep building these things. Bull's Ferry. Jacob's Ferry. Hudson Point. Hi. Hudson Point here. Now we're starting to see a little traffic. You're starting to see it over here on the low road, on the new road. Actually, this is the old road. They just expanded this. That's what they did. What's this one called? Half Moon Harbor. And harbor is spelled with a U. Because that's classy. Where do you live? Uh, Half Moon Harbor? Where the fuck is that? It's over on, uh, the Hudson River, you know. Uh, I can never live in one of these places. I don't know, it just seems... Ugh... I mean, the view is spectacular. The houses are ugly as shit, most of them. Oh, they're putting these condos up where there used to be these crummy little factory buildings. It's amazing. Anything within striking distance of Manhattan... I think I could be there by noon. It's now 20 to 11. I got an hour and 20 minutes. I should be able to do that. I mean, unless it gets really bad. I never know which lane to be in over here. All these people going to these parking lots, pulling into these parking lots. All right, I think it's time for a song. I'll be back. I used to actually uh, play this song. I was in a cover band when I was a teenager. Oh, man. Uh, I was 15 years old because I started playing guitar when I was like 12 or 13. And a couple of years later, I found myself in this band called Cobra. I remember uh, painstakingly painting the name of the band on the bass drum skin. You know, uh, the, the drummer gave me this, this, uh, bass drum skin, the head, and it was, a, a clear bass drum head, which I think at the time was like, wow, holy moly, look at that, <sighs> this would have been like 1976, 1977, me and Billy Kammerer, first getting together, uh, over at his house, I had my little, uh, crummy, What did I have? I either had this Harmony or this K. And he had a really nice guitar. He had a Gibson SG. And uh, much better than mine. I remember having Guitar Envy. Because I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to play well, you know? Guitar players were some of my favorite people. The walls of my bedroom were plastered with pictures of uh, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck and Carlos Santana and guys that could play a convincing lead guitar, you know? And by convincing, I mean it wasn't fucking more technique than anything else. I mean, I liked guys who, you know, were intuitive in their lead playing. Uh, Guys like Neil Young. Keith Richards, guys who, you know, you knew when they were playing a decent lead, which, you know, I mean, that's what, <laughs> to me, that's what rock and roll is about, lead guitar, you know, that's the the innovation, really, uh, of rock and roll, or one of them, anyway, I, I'm not going to say the only, of course not, not the only innovation, but Someone busting out a a nice lead break, you know? Yeah, so I remember painstakingly painting the name Cobra on this bass drum head. I had some uh, Krylon paint, and I, you know what I did? I did something very clever. I reverse painted it. You know, I painted it on the reverse side of the drum head. So it looked great when you were looking through the drum head, you know? Here I am at the GWB, the George Washington Bridge. I'm going to try to get into the easy pass lane, but of course that never works. Because people are fucking stupid as hell. I don't mean all people, especially not the people listening to this. I just mean, oh look, look what they did. They got smart. The easy pass lane over here. Now they know exactly where I've been at what time. What time is it? Let's do a little time check. It's 10:52. That means I got an hour and eight minutes to get there. And I am just uh, hitting the George Washington Bridge. One of the nicer bridges around this area, if you ask me. I M H O. It's a very overcast day. Uh, Looks like it might be clearing up. I don't know. I really don't want to listen to any weather. I don't want to hear any news. I just want to drive to Jim's. So the plan is that Jim drives me out there and drops me off. His parents live about a half a mile away from where my mother lives. Maybe a mile. And then when he leaves there tonight, he's going to come and get me. And we're going to continue on to Brooklyn. Where we're gonna go to Tom Clark's. It's got a little party going on, and then we're gonna try to get out there early. I'm staying over at Jim's tonight, and then tomorrow I'm supposed to get up and drive to Connecticut, which I'm dreading, of course. I'm supposed to go see my sister up in Connecticut, and again, not really looking forward to it. It feels more like an obligation than anything else and my history with my family is horribly troubled I mean maybe yours is too I think most people have difficult histories within the family because the family is supposed to mean so much to you you know The family's the first place you uh, learn a lot of things how to interact with the world how to get love how to give love you know, and if that goes awry. Oh, uh, look at this motherfucker in this catalog. I just want to pull you out of that car and beat the piss out of you. What are you doing? He's going down this fucking hill, this, this ramp with his brakes on, and he's doing about, I swear, like 20 miles an hour here, you fucking cunt. I feel like passing you. If it wasn't such a stupid, dangerous thing to do, I would pass you on the left right now. And he's probably not even going to the Henry Hudson Parkway, right? Oh, you prick. I hate people like this. They're either... I don't know what the problem is, man. He's either too cautious or too fucking old. Look at this. Oh, you douchebag. What is wrong with you? Just get the fuck out of the way. Ugh. Look, fellas, you got to get a little speed going on here. You're going to get to this ramp, right? Oh, I don't even get to get a look at him. Oh, shit. Oh, you motherfucker. Oh, this is no place to slow down and come to a stop. What is wrong with you? Oh, I don't believe this. You fucking moron. Yield doesn't mean stop. It means slow down and be prepared to stop. It doesn't mean come to a stop, you dickhead. Oh, what a dangerous fucking moron. That's the kind of people you are going to have driving today. Let's get in the car and go see Grandma. What do you say? Thanksgiving visit challenge good. Oh, uh, am I gonna get alongside of this guy? Now I want to get a look at this asshole. Oh Jesus, it's just like George Carlin says. Now you want to see the asshole. Uh oh. I guess I'm not I'm not gonna get to. I'm not gonna get to see this asshole. He wasn't even doing it on purpose! If he was doing it on purpose, I'd understand! Motherfucker, I tried to pass him on the right, and just as I'm starting to pass him, he fucking pulls over in front of me. Like I wasn't there. What a dick. Living on the road, my friend, was gonna keep you free and clean. Now you wear your skin like iron, Your breasts as hard as kerosene. You weren't your mama's Oh only Jesus boy. Christ. What her favorite Another fucking Honda. This one a civic driven by some fucking idiot. Oh man, I'm trying to get to Jim's house. Making my way to the Hutchinson Parkway there there's some people who just uh, have their heads firmly up their asses or I don't know what it is why they drive the way they do they think they're being safe and I think they're not got a Highlander. I drive the Highlander. There goes the old meat wagon. Hey, look at that. The fucking sun's fucking coming out. Motherfucker. Special Thanksgiving edition. About to get on a Henry Hutchinson. I'm about uh, 10, 15 minutes away from uh, Jim's. so I'm going to play some more music right here, and then I'll be back. Should we let it cool down a minute or two before you calm it? Doesn't no. You? Doesn't that have cool to perform the parts? Mm-hmm. Something me. up first? Mm-hmm. What do you have to take it out of it? Sport? No, no, no. no, no I mean there's somewhere. In the neck. neck. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. What'd you see out for the do you have anything to take for the I truck stuff in the front? What do you take? Apple. I got some stuff with me at Frontboard. The the that I take. Yep. Yep. Well, there you have it. Some of my Thanksgiving journey from, I want to say 2005. I'm pretty sure it was 2005. And I recorded that material at the time for the podcast communication breakdown. I don't think I ever used it. However, I could be wrong. I could go back and listen and find out I did use it, but so what? That was 10 years ago. Big deal, right? It's me, Chris T, here on this Aerial View podcast, and again, you can reach me at aerialview.me, leave playlist comments. You can email me at ct at wfmu.org, where you can also request the newsletter, see you next Tuesday, and you can... Join us on Facebook. The group is called See You Next Tuesday. Here is that other piece of audio, which I know is definitely from Communication Breakdown, and this is from October of 2005, and it's talking uh, about—or actually, it may be November 2005, but I'm talking about meeting uh, the woman who would become my wife, Janet, and also uh, taking her on our first date. So here's that audio— And then I'll return and wrap things up here on this Aerial View podcast. All right. To tell this story, I've got to go back a few weeks to Halloween, to the weird New Jersey Halloween party down in Asbury Park, which I think I told you I attended, right? And at that party, I met this woman and asked her out. And we went out, went out to see Al Green, actually, had a lovely time and... You know, this is a big thing for me. It was a big thing for me because it's been a while. Been a while since I've gone out with anybody and had a lovely time. I mean, it's been three years since I was dating regularly. And in the meanwhile, there's just been these unfulfilling, crappy internet dates that have gone nowhere. Some one-night stands and whatnot. You know, and here's the first person that I meet in a while that I think, wow. I think I could uh, become interested in this person. And you know how it is when you first meet somebody and you want to impress that person and you want to seem like you know what the hell you're doing and you want to seem like you're not a total fuck-up and you want to seem like you have some mastery I guess that's the word and I faced the situation Saturday night this past Saturday night that revealed me for the uh, (laughs) for the fuck up that I actually am now it's not especially my fault that I'm a fuck up but there's a skill that I should have learned a long time ago that if if everything was right in the universe I would have learned when I was 15, 16 years old. I never did learn this skill. I never did acquire this skill. And it led to my ultimate night of humiliation. Last Saturday night. And it involved this woman. And it involved something I should have learned, like I said, when I was 15, 16. If anybody out there thinks they know what I'm talking about, give us a ring. 201 536 9368 wfmu or you can Skype me at break C-O-M-M-B-R-E-A-K like Scott did all the way from Tokyo. Yes, it's a skill that all of us should have acquired. It's a skill that anybody who gets behind the wheel should have acquired. And most of us haven't. The numbers are dwindling. There are less people acquiring this skill all the time, and I I find it kind of amazing, actually, and I find it a little worrisome, and years ago, I told myself that I was going to go acquire this skill, that I was going to figure out how to do this thing, and I never did, and I was filled with regret, regret come Saturday night. I was sitting there feeling like the ultimate fool feeling like a total douchebag. 201-536-9368 201-536-WFMU if you're just waking up stumble to the phone put on your glasses give us a call 201-536-9368 yes a skill I should have learned years ago but I didn't and I bet a lot of you didn't either and uh, I bet a lot of you out there still don't have this skill. And I bet a lot of you would have been in even worse shape than I am. But let's cut to the story. Why don't we? I went out to dinner with this, uh, this woman. Again, someone I, 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 someone I like. And it's been a while for me. Somebody I've hit it off with and look forward to seeing. And uh, this person was having a problem with her car. Namely, uh, she was temporarily without a license due to an unfortunate turn of events that involved a parking ticket that went unpaid for one reason or another. And through no fault of her own, really, the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles said, We're suspending your license for 10 days. And this is a problem, of course, where I live. In the town of Hoboken. Because they have, you know, the street sweeping. They got to come through and get all the garbage off the street. Although it always looks like there's, there's garbage on the street anyway. It never looks like they've cleaned anything. But, you know, we all go through the motions of moving your car from one side of the street to the other. And letting them come through with the sweeper. So uh, this is what happened. We go out to dinner. And after dinner, I'm sitting there, and we're sitting there, and we're talking. And keep in mind, you know, again, this is a brand new thing. This is a brand new thing. I've only known this person a week. We've talked on the phone a few times. Like I said, we went out and saw Al Green at a horrific club, a place that I have now put on my band list. I don't think I'll be, I don't mean B-A-N-D, I mean B-A-N-N-E-D. My band list. I'm talking about the BB King Club. Oh, my God. Yes, we went and saw Al Green, and it was great to see Al Green. I've always wanted to see Al Green live, but the way they treat you, man, at this club, what you've got to go through, oh, it's just obscene. Just obscene. And I would advise anybody out there to think twice before heading out to the uh, BB King Club to see anything. This is no reflection on B.B. King, by the way. (sighs) So we've only known each other a week, and we've talked on the phone a few times. And I'm thinking, gee, I, I really could go for this person, you know? So let me be my impressive best. And I'm being charming and whatnot. And things are going well. And then she says hey, do you think you can help me move my car? I can't move my car because I don't have a license currently and I got to get it off of the street that it's on because Monday they're going to street clean and I, I got to move it to a Friday street. And I'm like, sure. You know, and we had talked, we had been talking and I had told her something in my background, including the fact that my father was a mechanic and had a gas station and I used to go visit him at the gas station and then I'm handy with cars and I've fixed my own cars and I've done repairs and... Installed stereos and all kinds of crap. So as we're walking towards her car, which is like a couple of blocks away from where we've eaten, she says, uh, "Oh, you, you do drive a stick, don't you?" And I go, "How'manah, going to, What? <laughs> what? What did you just say?" Oh, it's uh, my yeah, my car's a standard. You drive a standard, don't you? And I'm like, "Well, uh, not really." And she said, oh, it's easy. It's no big deal. I mean, I could, I could teach you. And me being all full of vim and vigor and wanting to impress, I'm like, okay, how hard can it be? I'll give it a try. I'll try anything once. And, you know, there was that time years ago, years ago, when I uh, was thinking about buying that, that Volkswagen Bug from a coworker. When I worked in Little Ferry, and she used to let me drive it around in the parking lot on, on the lunch break. And she would give me, like, lessons in shifting. And I would think, oh, I can handle this. I could do this. But, of course, that was years ago, and in the intervening years, I had never even thought about a stick shift. As a matter of fact, when I had a Jeep, it was an automatic. I, I don't know. I don't want to work that hard, I guess, when I'm driving. I want gas and a brake. Gas, brake. Gas, brake. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, well, how hard can it be? I climbed into the car, and of course, this is the point at which if I was a more secure individual, if I was a more mature individual, I would have said, you know what, I don't feel comfortable driving your car. I think you might have to get somebody else to do this. I don't think I can do this. But instead, I was full of bluster, thinking, okay, we can do this. It's just, it's a scientific principle. How hard can it be? You hold the clutch down, you put the car in gear, you let up off of the clutch, you give it some gas. It took us 15, 20 minutes to even get out of the parking space because I just kept stalling the car. Just to get away from the curb, it took us 15, 20 minutes. And then the real disaster ensued because I started sweating. I was so nervous. I was so scared out of my mind. Because here I am driving around Hoboken at 9 30, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, and all these people are walking around and there's all this traffic. And I have no idea what I'm doing. And 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 the worst part of all is I can't find first gear on this car. No matter what I do, I can't find first gear. She keeps having to reach over and put the car in gear. And I'm just freaking out. I I mean, rather than, like, sort of go with the flow and have a laugh and think, oh, this could be an adventure and what fun. Which is kind of the the approach that she was taking. I mean, she was laughing and, you know, and I kept saying, look, I don't want to kill somebody. I don't want to ruin your car. I don't want to hit somebody else's car. And again, at no point did I think, okay, well, you know, just pull over and throw your hands up and say, I can't do this. I'm sorry, I can't do this. Instead, we go driving around town, looking for a Friday street, a a, a space on a Friday street. And of course, this isn't happening, because it's Saturday night, and everybody's come to Hoboken to drink. All these fucks have come to Hoboken, and I'm sorry. I know some of them are good people, I'm sure. But I've, I've... I think I've just gotten beyond the whole thing. Maybe I just... I don't know what it is. These people rub me the wrong way. I see these young people stumbling to the bars, coming into my town, parking their cars, and taking up all the spaces so they can go drink and hopefully meet a member of the same or opposite sex. And and something in me just is filled with revulsion, let us say. The number here again is 201-536-9368, 201-536-WFMU. Skype me at ComBreak, C-O-M-M-B-R-E-A-K, C-O-M-M-B-R-E-A-K. And, I, you know, I freely admit there's a lot of things wrong with me. I freely admit that. There's a lot of things... In my personality, if I could snap my fingers, I would change. Believe me. And one of them is the revulsion I feel when I see these people. I just want to run them over. And I almost did Saturday night several times. Because I'd be driving this car and trying to downshift. The problem I was having was the downshifting. That was the problem I was having. It wasn't so much the shifting, and especially shifting from first to second, I could do that without too much difficulty. We never even got into third gear. But the downshifting part, like when you're coming to a stop sign and you have to use the clutch and downshift and then hit the brake and stop and, you know, these fucking assholes are stepping out in front of me thinking that I'm coming to a stop. People have way too much trust. They have way too much trust that the person behind the wheel knows what the hell they're doing. And they'll step out in front of you without even making eye contact with you. It would never occur to me, never in a million years, it would never occur to me to step out in front of a 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 pound piece of machinery without even looking at the person behind the wheel, without even making eye contact with them as if to say with my eyes, everything okay, buddy? Are you in control of that fucking thing? Or are you going to crush me? And you read about it in the papers all the time. You read about people getting run over. There was a guy last week who was working on his car on the street and somebody ran up over the curb and ran up over his car and crushed him under the hood of his car. There's people driving around barely in control of their vehicles. Barely in control. And you're stepping off the curb in front of them. Talking on your cell phone, got your iPod jammed in your ears, reading the newspaper, whatever the fuck it is you're doing, scratching your ass, scratching your balls. And it never even occurs to you to look at this person behind the wheel and have some kind of tacit acknowledgement that they are actually going to be able to bring this thing to a stop. And so that's what was happening to me Saturday night. I'm driving around. The car is stalling. I got people behind me beeping and beeping and beeping. Beep, beep, beep. Come on. Beep, beep, beep. Let's go. Come on. Oh, God, was I getting pissed. Oh, my God, was I getting angry with these people. Because here I am. I'm trying to keep things moving. I'm trying to keep the car from stalling. I'm trying to keep from looking like a total schmuck in front of this girl. I'm trying to keep from melting down. And I was melting down. I was having a really bad time. I was just, the more I tried to get in control of myself, I thought I was going to start hyperventilating at one point. I really thought, I felt like I was, like was going to black out. That's how stressed I was. All, all the stress hormones are running. I'm getting a fight or flight thing. I wanted to kill people out on the street. And I don't mean just run them over. I wanted to get out of the car and actually start punching people because they were acting like such assholes. Now admittedly maybe it was me. <laughs> maybe it's just cuz of the situation I was in that I was imagining people were acting like assholes, but you know, there's a lot of impatient people out in the world and uh, seemingly apparently there's a, most of them are, are in Hoboken. Cuz I just I would just I would just be stopped and, and and the car would stall and then these idiots would be pulling up behind me. Come on. Come on, let's go. What are you waiting for? And again, you know, I don't want to uh, position myself as reasonable man. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. But you know, I would. Th- my first thought would be if somebody was stopped and their car wasn't moving, and and the, if, if I looked through the window and I saw them frantically trying to get the thing started, I would think, well, maybe they're having mechanical issues. Maybe they're having mechanical trouble. Maybe something's wrong. But not these fucks. No. And I was really, this was really not sitting well with me. This whole idea, and it it kept happening. Every time I'd pull up to a stop sign, I'd get to a corner, the car would stall. I'd have to put it back into neutral and start it up. And there'd be some friggin' Yahoo sitting behind me. Some young fucking jerk. And I'm thinking, how did I get into this situation? Why? Why is this happening? Because I like a girl? Why is this happening to me? Because I got in over my head because I couldn't say no? Because I couldn't reveal my shortcomings? Because I couldn't just say, guess what? I can't drive your car? Guess what? I don't know how to? Guess what? I never learned to drive a stick? And there's a lot of us out there. I mean, there's a lot of you out there. A lot of you listening to this right now, you don't, you don't have a clue. You'd climb into a car with a standard transmission and you'd be lost. You'd be fucked. You'd probably do a lot worse than I did. So we're driving around and we're driving around and driving around. And there's no spaces, of course, because over by me on the Friday street, everybody has parked their car to go to that horrible faux Irish pub. Ugh, God, the bane of my existence, that place. The day that went in. Jesus, Lord. Save us from the faux Irish pub and the assholes that go there. So, okay, we got to come up with plan B. So now we're going to try to put it in a garage. So we head over to the east side of town. And all along the way again, I almost hit a cab. Guy steps out in front of the car. I almost run him over. And I'm still freaking out. I'm still, like, losing my shit. And I just find that I keep apologizing. I just keep saying, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Just shut up. I mean, I'm trying to talk myself down, and it's not working. And I would have given anything for some kind of pill I could have swallowed right then and there. I would have given anything. And she's laughing and having a good time. And, and not having a good time, but she's trying to keep the atmosphere light. I, I, she's trying to keep me from losing my shit entirely. And the only time I really got worried, the only time I really got scared, I mean, was when she went all quiet. And then I realized I, it, it, we had gone, this whole thing was getting out of control. And I finally had to say, I, I wish you would say something. I liked it better when you were making jokes. We get over to the east side of town. We go check out a couple of garages. They want $300 for her to leave the car there for a few days. And and it's it's you know, it's just usury. It's just extortion is all it is really. $300 they wanted to park the car for like 7 days, for a week. So of course, you know, we end up not leaving it in a garage. We end up Going to plan C. Now plan C is I'm going to move my car out of my space. She's going to take my space. And I'm going to do something else with my car. Which I can drive, obviously. And I'm like, okay. all right. Then we're going to have to put plan C into place. That's all. Got to use plan C. It's not a very good plan because guess what? I'm parked on a Monday side of the street. That's right. Same side of the street you just came from different part of town same monday street so what have we proven here what have we done we've (laughs) where have we gotten with this whole procedure nowhere except to put me under pressure and you know what they say about people under pressure they reveal their true beings that's right people under pressure reveal themselves and i revealed myself as an absolute cupcake that's what i was I was losing my shit, and I wasn't proud of it, friends. I was not proud of it at all. I'm embarrassed, as a matter of fact. The only thing, the only thing that was slightly ameliorating, is that the word? Amelior- I can't even pronounce it. Ameliorating. <laughs> I need a drink of water. Wait a minute. Maybe I could pronounce it after I have a drink of water. let me try it now the only thing that made it any better (laughs) was the thought that I could come on the radio and tell you all about it how perverse is that how perverse am I that that's what's going through my mind that in the back of my mind I am thinking well at least this will make a good story on a fucking radio is that what it's come to friends is that what it's come down to As I go through life and face these humiliations, I guess so, because it did kind of help. It did sort of make it a little better that I could come on here and tell the story of my ultimate night of humiliation. And the story's not over yet, because there's more. Don't forget the phone number here, 201-536-9368, 201-536-WFMU. And you can also Skype us at ComBreak, that's C-O-M-M-B-R-E-A-K, C-O-M-M-B-R-E-A-K. So we park the car, I I mean, I I get in my car, I pull it out of the space. And she pulls into the space, because it's decided that, you know... It wouldn't be so bad if she just parked the car. As long as she's not actually driving the car anywhere and just parking it. That it would be fine. So she parks the car and I pull my car out and she gets in my car and I drive her home. And, uh... Oh, there's a whole part I'm leaving out, actually. Because what we had done in in Plan C was we decided we were going to double park her car and then we were going to approach the subject again later. We were going to give it an hour and see if any space is freed up in my neighborhood and then go back at it. So she came over to my place, which I thankfully had cleaned up. It wasn't the usual sty; Had cleaned it up a little bit. And we sat there and we talked about what had just happened. We talked about the whole thing. And, and it was nice that we were at least able to talk about it. It was nice that we were able to discuss what was going on. Because I believe in communication. Hence the name of this program. It's when communication breaks down that we have trouble, that we have problems. I think you could talk about anything. There are ways to talk about any subject, no matter how painful, including my lack of knowledge with standard transmissions. And of course, you know, we were both moving forward under an assumption. Incorrect. Her assumption being that because my old man was a mechanic and I knew my way around cars, that I could drive a standard, order, standard transmission. And fair assumption, not unreasonable. And my assumption that because I'd done it before and because I'm pretty good at learning how to do stuff, that, I, that all it would take is some time and I could get it down. Now, of course, I, it didn't occur to me that I was trying to learn this at 9.30, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night in a crowded suburban, urban area, whatever the hell it is, Hoboken. It's somewhere in the middle. It's not quite urban, and it's not quite suburban. What do you call that, ex-urban? And, you know, if it had been a case of, okay, I go to a parking lot, and I learn how to do this, and then I go out on the street, maybe I wouldn't have been hyperventilating. But we sat in my apartment. We talked. It was a nice talk. Got back in her car. Uh, The farce began again. Nowhere to park the damn thing. And that's when we put Plan C into place. So I pull my car out. She pulls her car in. Drive over to her place. Drop her off. I get back home. There's nowhere to park. (laughs) There's nowhere to park. (laughs) There's not a single parking space anywhere in my neighborhood. So... A double park. Uh, let me revisit this topic in an hour, I think. I'll come out in an hour and maybe some of these jackasses from the bar will have gone home and I could park. Which is exactly what happened. Thank God. Thank God for that. And when I was finally able to lay down, when it was like midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m. And I was finally able to lay down, I, I just thought, okay. Well, there I was, under pressure. Revealing myself, revealing my shortcomings. If this burgeoning relationship, if this new thing, and I I don't, I don't even know if I could call it a relationship. If this new thing that's going on here with her and I, if it could survive this, it could of course survive anything. It could survive me under pressure. Then we're home free. Well, I hope you enjoyed that Aerial View podcast. I'm thankful for you. And again, you can find me online at aerialview.me. And you can leave comments on the playlist for this show if you like or for any show. You can also email me your comments at ct at wfmu.org, where you can sign up for the newsletter. See you next Tuesday. And find me on Facebook. The Facebook group is called Yes, See You Next Tuesday. And I will see you next Tuesday, friends. So please join me back here for another Aerial View podcast. Until then, see you next Tuesday.